Welcome to the Ask a Spiritual Director podcast, a podcast of question and exploration for all things related to the spiritual life and spirituality. I'm Samuel Ogles. And I'm Kimberly Pelletier. Welcome to season three. Rather than exploring one question per episode, as we've done in the first two seasons, we're taking this entire season to explore one question in depth. And that question, what does healing look like in 2020? What does healing look like within extended family relationships? Oh man, I'm just waiting for you to dive in and tell us all. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us how easy and simple this is. This is what it can look like. This is what you do. Yeah. This is the show of answers. So you have come to the right place. (laughs) Oh man, we are not. We are a show of exploration. Oh goodness. And what does it look like to explore extended family relationships? And how do we have a conversation like this without the mention of social media? And Facebook. Right. And, and, watching... and the recent season, oh. right, which was, was oh, a political right. season. So we're recording this mm. after um, the results of the election are known and accepted by at least some, but known mm. at least. Right. Um, yeah. So it's an interesting time to be asking this. Honestly, what it made me think of, uh, full disclosure, is, you know, four years ago, the last presidential election in the U.S., um, mm. also very contentious. Right. And yes. I was much more active on social media at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually think it was probably the experience of that that made me kind of go um, dormant in a lot of ways oh, on social media. I kind of withdrew. But, um, you know, I definitely was someone who I just have to admit, like I got into it with some people. I mean, not uh, it, from my perspective, wasn't trying to be. Uh, mean or unfair in any way, but like got into like debates uh, on Facebook, mm-hmm. right? About online, okay. Online about politics with extended family. Um, and it's, you know, I've seen these people since then. Like it's been, it's been fine. It really hasn't been acknowledged, but they're, they're not people mm-hmm. I see regularly anyways. And, um, but yeah, that's, that's what this made me think of. I was like, oh man, like there's totally, there's probably in my own story, some I don't know, some healing, um, at least some tension there. Mm. Um, yeah. Right. Be, because of that, that I think is mostly kind of swept under the rug and, and okay at this point, mm-hmm. but still is there. So that, that was the experience I had. And I'm sure a lot of people can relate yeah. to, um, right. That's how we mostly, I think that's how many people mostly interact with extended family. If you don't live in the same town, you're not doing the holidays and stuff together. Right. So that's how you experience them. Yeah. Listening to you, I wonder then, would you call that healing? Like, what would you call that? Like, I mean, you right. say you sweep it under the rug, which is different, you know, yeah, that doesn't than sound a, like healing. closer, right? It doesn't sound like healing, but is there a different framework when we're talking about extended family who we are always going to call family, but we may not have those closer relationships with like, which, yeah, well, yeah, yeah put that question out yeah there. that's an interesting question i i think i do think there are sort of degrees of um whatever you would call kind of like tension conflict a rift right i feel like it's mm-hmm. it's kind of a sliding scale of mm-hmm. you know you have disagreements just as a human being and, and does that really rise to a level of something that needs to be healed mm-hmm. um or or not i'm not exactly sure i 
I think I also have to, for context, I have to admit, like I'm, um, I grew up in a, a white Protestant family on mm-hmm. both sides. Um, and one half of my extended family, like lived out of state, um, lived several hours away. And we saw a couple times a year, but otherwise didn't see, um, too often. And so, mm-hmm. um, there are other people who have a very different experience of extended family, right? Like it's, it's much more like these are, this is my community. These are the closest people. Um, right. and they're much more, uh, they're closer to relationships like cousins or aunts and uncles, and they see each other much more often. Um, yeah. even kind of like culturally, right. That can be a, a big difference depending on, um, background. So, um, mm-hmm. for me, it wasn't a, a super close relationship. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I don't know that it ever really rose to the level of needing healing, but maybe, maybe it did. And actually I wonder if it could be, if it could be the case that, yeah, one person feels that it's in need of healing, but the, it was a totally different experience for the other person. Maybe it mm-hmm. like didn't yeah. even rise to that level for them. Right. Or they're unaware or something. Right. People with quote unquote thicker skin, right? I mean, I have some people in my family that they yeah. love to get in a confrontation just because it's fun, right? right? They enjoy it. It's, you know, yeah. maybe more the eights on the Enneagram um, sure. or some of the ones I'm thinking of, you know, and they're like, oh, I'm getting you up. This is fantastic. Um, yeah. And really do it for sport. But other people may experience that differently. Um, and yeah. yeah, I like your your analogy of the sliding scale because um, it is, there is different, it depends on that degree, right? Um, mm-hmm. The degree of closeness and the degree of how much do I want to work, how we're, and I don't mean that in a bad way, right? How much do I want to work for this? But um, how much is really even, do I, do I need to work based on how much we see each other? I mean, if, it does feel like there's a lot of moving parts and those who are closer in relationships, like who see each other much more often, which is not where I'm at now in my life, but it was more how I grew up. It might be a different situation. And if, hmm. if there were harsh words exchanged within extended family, even now, like people I'm close to that are still far away, um, hmm. I feel like they would need healing around that. But would we have to come together and agree on our political ideology, you know, mm. um, on our outcome of the election or any of that? I don't know that, I don't know that that's what healing looks like. Um, but, you know, I go mm. back to episode 26 with Andrew DeCourt, um, when we interviewed him, you know, particularly around ideological and political healing and just what he drove home around neighbor love, right? P- treating people mm. with love in an embodied sense. Like, how am I treating them with all of my senses? You know, he goes through these, here, my eyes and my hands and my mouth and my heart. And, and I just love that because I feel like there's some sort of measure of wholeness and connectedness in that, um, Mm. that doesn't, uh, well, that doesn't really depend on where you're at in the sliding scale of how close Mm. or how, you know, whatever this relationship is, that can almost be a space, um, a good temperature gauge, if you will. How am I really Mm -hmm. just treating people uh, in that? Um, yeah. So if you haven't listened to that episode, I highly recommend it. (laughs) It's, yeah, it's amazing how he goes through all of those. It's really good. Yeah, yeah, that's a like good point. A, mm-hmm. What What do you think it is? So, you know, thinking about extended family as right, they're they're family, literally. Mm-hmm. Um, but how would you how would you distinguish them from like neighbors, like the neighbor love mm-hmm. episode, right? Like how how right. are these people that we're thinking about what different? What do you think that? Yeah. 
that yeah. factor is. You know, there is just something about the blood, right? That like I am connected mm. to this person, like in a way that in a lot of ways I can't escape because of family, you know, whatever mm. family get togethers, you know, that will happen again <laughs> someday um, mm-hmm. when we're through all of this COVID stuff. But, you know, all these large extended families, if people have that or but there's just a way of being connected. And I think there's a way, you know, with a lot of these that we've been connected to these people since we were very young. So our triggers are deeper with them um, than they may be, say, with a neighbor, right? We may be, you know, triggered in, with somebody else in an argument because of something we hold dearly or deeply. But with an extended family, they're going to they're gonna know our triggers uh, and not necessarily hmm. even consciously, but we're just going to be triggered by them differently because we have maybe needed something from them differently through our whole life, especially when hmm. you get into direct lines, you know, with grandparents and or parents and grandparents, you know, or, or close aunts or uncles or close cousins. Um, there's going to mm-hmm. be a way that we have that interconnectedness. And so, I don't know, my thought is because of the baggage, um, which that mm-hmm. sounds like an ugly word, but I would say more of the connections and the yeah. the life weaving that has happened, you know, over the years. Yeah. The longevity of mm-hmm. that. That's uh, really smart. I I asked you, I really didn't know what the answer to that question was, but I, I think that really rings true to me. There's something about these people in thinking about um, my extended family or even uh, siblings, right? Like as people grow, mm-hmm. I think kind of your sibling, mm-hmm. as you establish kind of your own family or you have your own kids, your siblings mm-hmm. kind of take on that extended family. And um, I've seen a number of relationships where that uh it's not that there's any sort of like rupture there, but you kind of, you kind of drift because you're each establishing kind of your own family units. Right. Um, yes. so siblings can drift too, but, um, yeah, there's something about, I think the longevity, like you said, in the connection that these mm-hmm. people knew me when I was five, they knew what I was like mm-hmm. at 10, um, mm-hmm. all, and all they can of those, still pull different... those things back, <laughs> you know, yes. and still tell these stories and, and, uh, yeah. And there's identity. I think as I'm listening to you talk, there's also an identity, like I'm part of them. They're part of me. And so when something, mm. when someone changes their idea or goes off politically off the family grid, you know, or, you know, begins to morph something, then it's in some way they, they alter the identity of the family and we're not these kind of people anymore. Oh, wow. We're, we're broader or we're the, you know, we, we, there isn't that sense of we becomes a little less uh, tight, Um, Mm -hmm. not necessarily in a relational sense, or it doesn't necessarily need to be in a relational sense, but how I distinguish us from them, um, which Mm -hmm. is just a natural, should be hopefully a natural part of a maturing process over our life that those lines both become you know, in some ways tighter and then in some ways a lot looser, right? There is not an us right. in them. Like, this is who I am. Like, the boundaries and the differentiation becomes healthy, but the, like, the boundaries between, you know, you are not one of me, you know, become different. You know, like, the toddler yes. is like, you are not my mom and I don't care about you. Like, you, I need my mom, you know, yeah. but as we get older, you know, there's a different kind of relationship with other adults, um, just to kind of make sense of what I'm saying. But yeah, yeah, I think the identity piece, too. Because now if you're one of me, but you're not like me, it's uh, it can be hard to, yeah, to make sense of that. For sure. Well, uh, for a second time, I just think you're really smart about that because that <laughs> I, I wasn't thinking that, but that really rings true for me too. We, um, to use a personal example, my spouse and I visited her father who lives out in um, 
on the Southwest. So we're, we're in the Midwest. So it was a long mm-hmm. trek and we don't see them very often, but, um, we went and visited them. And at the time he was, um, and probably still is, um, very much on kind of this, this kick, I'd say he's in his sixties and, uh, on this, um, at the season of life where he is looking kind of backward at those family mm-hmm. roots and connection. And a lot of people tend to get very interested in genealogy, right. At a, mm-hmm. at a certain season in life. And I, I remember, um, yes. a grandparent kind of giving me a book of like, here, here's the Pierce family history. Here's where we come from. Mm-hmm. You know? And I, yeah. I think I still have it somewhere, but it was kind of like, uh, I should keep, I should hold on to that, but I'm not super interested, but there, there is something I think in the human journey where, uh, at some point we kind of take stock of those connections, um, and kind of let that inform our sense of identity in a Mm. different way. And so I think by virtue of that too, family has this, um, more powerful, uh, space. I think that they can, they can occupy in our, our psyche and our sense of self, Mm. Mm -hmm. um, and in my own experience, I can say a more powerful, um, sway, over um what i'm thinking and feeling right mm-hmm. at at yeah. a given time it, it doesn't take much to kind of go home and be like oh i've fallen into those habits and you know <laughs> that that touches on something or mm-hmm. or uh you know a kind word can mean the world to you um from a family mm-hmm. member in a way that it, it can't otherwise so yeah mm-hmm. i think yeah. i think there's something to that sense of self being influenced by that familial connection Yes, that way you say that they can something can be so meaningful too because of the longevity. So a small word mm. of something mm-hmm. they've noticed over a long time can really yeah. strike deeply in a good way as well. That's a good way thing to note. That power yeah. just holds, right? Um, yeah, I I care much more something. probably what my family thinks uh, about mm-hmm. me and different aspects of my life than I do uh, even some close friends. So, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, I'd like to kind of you know, pivot a little bit from this particular aspect and just uh, think about, because I've talked to people who have a sense of feeling traumatized from their extended family because Mm. of, it's like literally specifically because of their beliefs, um, which seems to be unique to this particular time period in history. Mm. I feel like this is a little egg Shelley. So I feel a little like, mm, do I want to talk about this right now um, no, as I'm saying it. it, but I hear this and I'm, I'm very surprised, I guess, um, not because, and I will say as a trauma survivor, not because I don't think trauma happens or that it's real. Um, that mm-hmm. is the furthest thing from my mind, but um, because it's just an interesting definition. And I don't know that there maybe people are using this more loosely. And I've probably seen this more on social media, um, you know, to be very honest. Um, but these words used in relation to people thinking differently. And um, it's this thing as if if someone thinks differently because our political ideas and whatnot right now are so morally charged and social shaming is at an such an all-time high in certain aspects of our society right now. Um, It's as if someone doesn't know how to interact with Mm. somebody in their family who thinks differently than them. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. What would you say to it? <laughs> right? And it, it, let's just go back to our a spiritual direction kind of session. You know, somebody says, what does, what does this look like? What do I do? I feel like I've been offended by my family's ideas. Um, mm-hmm. what, do they, what do they do in that situation? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, in spiritual direction, it's always a matter of discernment. Um, mm-hmm. I, I would ask other questions to flesh that out. I, I think you could have, right, and you know this, but you could have multiple people who have experienced something similar mm-hmm. and the way forward for each of them might be very different. So, very, um, yes. yeah, I would I ask questions about, that, yeah. 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 So I'd ask questions about, you know, what, uh, what part of you was offended, you know, mm. by that? Did it, uh, um, not in a dism- dismissive way, but did it hurt your pride? Um, mm-hmm. did it challenge your sense of self? Did it, um, touch on a sensitive wound that's mm-hmm. still there and, or kind of mm-hmm. pick at a scab, so to speak, that hasn't fully healed. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it'd be interesting. And I think that could inform a step forward, um, mm-hmm. for them. I, I think some, sometimes I think the work really is ours to do mm-hmm. in that, um, we're kind of responsible for our reactions, how it affects us. And we, and we might sort of conclude that wasn't um, necessarily good or right for them to do, but um, it's really sort of mine to, um, I guess, sit with, deal with, mm-hmm. like reflect on, right? It's, it's my work and involving them really won't kind of sway that outcome. Mm-hmm. So I think mm-hmm. that can happen, but I think um, probably too often in other areas, uh, we as a culture are taught to not have some sort of like holy confrontation with mm, people yeah. um, that really doesn't have to be about proving you're right. I think that's the secular model um, mm. for that, which which is often like, let me show you how wrong you were. Let me show you how right I am. <laughs> right. <laughs> let me make you feel bad in some mm-hmm. way. And um I don't really think that's healing. I think mm-hmm. I think that's the ego. I think the ego gets a lot out of that. The ego gets a lot yes. out of feeling like you get to chalk up a win on the on the board for yourself. But yeah. Um, but I do think there. I think uh, the beauty of um, I think an authentic spirituality is that it can inform you in such a way that you reach out and you long for that sense of healing, which uh, you know, in justice terms, I think is more like the restorative justice model, which mm-hmm. isn't punishing or proving so much as, as it is rectifying, um, mm-hmm. making whole what, what was, um, broken or hurt or misshaped. Mm-hmm. So that's really good. And so in some ways, what I think I hear you saying is that a lot of this is, is personal. Some of the healing goes back to that just individual. Absolutely. Healing, really. It's like this, Yeah, the onus is on you and, and maybe in some of these conversations like that are happening, like we talked about at the beginning, one person is feeling something that potentially the other person is not. Yeah. And so the healing may be for that individual, not that they wouldn't bring that back into the relationship. But what I hear you saying is the self-reflective questions will lead them deeper into their own, into their own soul, into their own heart, into their own hurts and healing that they can then, once they experience that some sort of healing or peace, they can then bring that back into the relationship to the extent that the relationship can handle it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good, I like that phrase to the extent that the relationship can handle it. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, and I, I think it's a, it's a wonderful and terrible reality of how God mm-hmm. has wired us that we can, you know, we could get a really authentic, sincere apology from someone and mm-hmm. walk away from that and still not experience healing. <laughs> Yes. In ourselves, uh, which, which at that point, you know, is not up to that individual. Um, that's it's just uh, it's a matter of kind of what we carry within ourselves. So I do think most mm. of the heavy lifting, unfortunately, mm. is is on our own side mm. for better or for worse. Yeah. With that. Mm. So in a to bring that back, you know, in a session, it's going to be obviously in you're in a one on one space. We're going to be working only with that individual. And so, and obviously we can't go into details because we're kind of talking in a sense, hypothetically, even though this is personal to all of us, um, Mm -hmm. there may be situations, if I can say like where we do need to distance ourselves from somebody, but I wonder if those are fewer and further between, um, I I wonder, Mm -hmm. again, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, obviously there are levels of, you know, abuse or, People who come after others, you know, in kind of ridicule and shame and all of that, which and people yeah. don't feel safe, right? I mean, those are very real situations for sure. Um, yeah. And the extent to which the relationship can handle healing is probably minuscule. <laughs> mm. um, mm-hmm. I would I would gather in those, but in the large swath of extended family relationships, even though people are passionate about their. Uh, ideological or political positions. Uh, I, I do wonder if there is a lot more space for allowance, mm-hmm. <laughs> for allowing one to be and to, and then to be at peace. <laughs> I don't yeah. know, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I, I wonder, I guess on a, on another note, I wonder if, um, the familial connection, I guess two things came to mind as you were speaking. One is that um, I wonder if the familial connection kind of is a two-sided coin and that mm-hmm. um, in a certain sense, those people aren't going anywhere short of mm-hmm. you cutting them off or vice versa. Mm-hmm. They are your family, whether you talk to them every day or once every 10 mm-hmm. years, right? They're, mm-hmm. they're your family. And, and I think that that can... Um, be a wonderful strength and a wonderful gift. And I think it can cut the other way in that it's really easy to, um, like I said at the outset, like sweep things under the rug, like I did, mm-hmm. like not address something because you kind of go, well, that connection's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and partly because I'm afraid it's not going anywhere. Do I really want to risk mm-hmm. um, saying what I really think, asking for what I, I think I need? Um, risking risking that they might not be up for that conversation mm-hmm. yeah uh, it might create distance um where i don't want any so um it, very mm-hmm. similar i think to you know, some of the things we talked about with friends and and neighbors but in a different way different because of the lasting ties and and the second thing that i thought of was i think family is so complicated because in some sense it is you in some yes. sense, those messages and that identity is a part of you and your identity. Yes. So it's it's yeah. it's hard to really parse out that in a healthy way. And I I'm not a therapist, so I really can't say <laughs> too much about sure. that. But I, I intuit that that's true. Yeah, yeah. As we as we're finishing up here, I I do hear that. Like I'm listening to 
say the different, the, you know, there are some similarities between friendships, but I think of our episode on healing within friendships. And those are such chosen relationships, like, and there is an kind of this inerrant, I want to be in a connection with you. Whereas in extended family, there is not, you don't ever really make a choice. It's just there. And yeah. so that, um, that piece is, it's an interesting piece. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. that's just an interesting element. And so I think as far as something practical, like we've had on a lot of these episodes for this healing season, um, I think going back and listening to episode 26 with Dr. Andrew DeCord and just talking about that, I, I feel like is almost the best way, you know, um, yeah. to have like really practical ways forward. And then to the questions that you asked as well, I think setting, you know, uh, where is this, the, where is this triggering? How is this tender? You know, those different things that you have would have someone reflect on, I think are really important, you know, yeah. as someone's yeah. considering would, strain. Yeah, absolutely. So let me, let me turn, let me let you put the spiritual director hat on for a mm-hmm. second. If, um, sure. you know, in a session, someone's kind of reflecting on that, but they, they come to a point of discerning, you know, I do think what I really want or desire or need is, is to somehow talk about it with this person, a sibling, a aunt, grandparent, uncle, cousin. Yeah. Um, what, what do you think or what do you think is important to, um, remember or take forward in that space to, to do it well and in a like spiritually healthy way? What what would you Mm. say to that? I would probably talk through their motives first Mm. um, and just ask them to say more about their reasoning behind it. Um, Not because it's bad, not because there's something wrong, just, um, you know, to know that there's elements that are within our control and elements that are not in sometimes when they're, we're motivated to change things that are outside of our control disaster lies ahead. <laughs> mm. And, and so even in them processing out their motives and what their hopes are, um, those things that are within their control, um, can be almost measurable things that, you know, almost in a next session we could go and process through and mm. have elements of peace and control and even deepen their connection with God. Like I want to stay grounded. I want to remember who I am. I want to remember who these people are. I want to treat them with love. I want to treat them with respect, you know, versus I really want them to say this. I really want to get this from them. I really need this. Um, you know, those little pieces where like they're going into it motivated by getting something that um, out of it that they can't control. Not that they won't, they may know the person well enough um, that it may go there, you know, and that's Mm -hmm. fantastic. But to really be able to set aside, set apart, these are the things I can control going into this conversation. And these are the things I cannot. And knowing that the motivation for them can be kind of separated so they can go in. Yeah. With an appropriate Mm -hmm. level of hope. (laughs) <laughs> if that makes sense mm-hmm. um, yeah 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 i i think i hear you saying like a, a hope for the work and not a dependency on mm, the hope for a outcome great way to say that right yes yeah that's a great way to say that yeah yeah expectancy my spiritual director says expectancy without expectation um mm, you know that's great which can be used in a bazillion different ways let me tell yeah, you but i might steal that yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i do all the time <laughs> yeah beautiful Thank 
Thanks for listening to the Ask a Spiritual Director podcast. Remember to join us for the next couple weeks as we continue to explore healing within the interpersonal sphere. We'll explore healing within marriages where we will have a special guest. My husband will join us as we talk about our journey and explore the healing that we've experienced. Remember to head on over to iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts and give us a rating and review so others can find us and join us on this healing journey in 2020.